Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report, where we talk to many interesting and helpful people. My guest today is Dr. Roy Fouch. Dr. Fouch is a licensed professional clinical counselor with a PhD in psychology. He has worked for over 45 years in the mental health field as a program and clinic director and is currently director of mental health services at the Hamilton County Justice Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's also in private practice as a Christian counselor specializing in marriage and family counseling. And he has a reputation among us as a very caring Christian psychologist and therapist and has truly helped many people and is a very dear friend of ours. So we thank you very much, Roy, for being with us here today. Oh, it's my pleasure as always, Vic, to <laughs> spend a little bit of time with you and share some thoughts that I may be having on various topics. Well, we have had three podcasts here, three or four podcasts here on the Cubic Report and other podcasts before that. So I'm kind of used to the rhythm that we have and the way that we talk to each other and the topics that you have. This topic today is one that you proposed and one that I, when I saw it, I thought, oh, great, this is something that would be very, very helpful to individuals and also to a community, like a church or a group of people who are friends. Uh, and the topic is delusions, delusions. And we're going to talk about delusions that maybe not so much personal, we'll see how the discussion goes, but mass delusions and, and uh, things that people believe in mass. So anyway, why did you choose this topic and where are we going with it today? Well, I, I chose it because I began seeing an increase among friends, even uh, church brethren uh, on the news talking to people at work, and it seemed as though around the time of the pandemic a few years ago now, uh, when people were struggling with trying to understand what was going on around them in terms of the disease uh, that was affecting the world, what the causes of it were, and what the solution of it was. So people then became somewhat isolated as a result of governmental and state and local restrictions. And I saw an uptick in uh, people's uh, ideas about things, theories that became quite unusual. And I began to think, you know, what is going on here? That people are tuning in to some extraordinary ideas to explain reality. And then I started to see where groups of people would start coming together around some of these ideas that to me seemed in the face of reality or in the face of evidence to the contrary. And so I started thinking about it in terms of, you know, this is a form of delusion. And I wanted to start maybe just by talking about what a delusion is, right. and then we can expand upon it in terms of how I relate it to what's going on in the world around us. Because when we think of delusion, you know, and we use that as sometimes a pejorative term. Uh -huh. This person is delusional. You know? Right. It could be extreme. But also we have delusions that come upon a community of people. And right now communities are formed online. So tell us what, a, what this delusion is. Well, let's, let's start with just a basic definition of a delusion. Now, a delusion is a false belief or judgment about an external reality held despite evidence to the contrary. An example of this might be a mass delusion might be one where people believe that the Holocaust never existed. So there are people who actually think that 
the Nazis did not take people into these camps and, and murder them and things of that nature. Now, there's a particular type of delusion, which, which I call, not only I call, but others call a fixed delusion. Mm -hmm. So a fixed delusion is one in which, you know, you, you develop ideas and beliefs around a particular concept or idea. Everything that supports that and everything to the contrary of that collide with each other so that people begin to think that the contrary information is part of the justification for what they believe. So it, it gets incorporated in. Now, a fixed illusion is very, very hard to counteract because it, reality and truth doesn't always seem to affect it. And therefore, people hold on to it for dear life. And it becomes their way of viewing the world. Another, another example of fixed delusion would be the idea, some people believing that the earth is flat mm -hmm. and not round. And so they will bring in all kinds of information to prove their point of view. And it, it, it seems like logic, photographs, science, nothing seems to be able to take them away from mm -hmm. the belief that this is the way it is or that we never really landed anybody on the moon would be another example mm -hmm. that it was all done in a studio. Uh, some of these kind of things. So these would be examples. Now to go back to where the idea of a delusion is in terms of mental health, which is a field that I practice in, delusions are part of what we call psychosis. Psychosis can be caused by a number of things. Um, it can be caused by mental illness, such as schizophrenia. Okay, what's a psychosis? Well, psychosis is 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 experiencing ideas or visual or auditory or even tactile experiences where there's no actual basis for them. For example, if I'm talking to somebody and I will say to them, do you hear voices that I can hear? And the individual in a mental health setting might say, yes, I hear voices. There are demons talking to me or there are people who are dead that are talking to me. So there are different types of psychosis. Some of them are more hallucinogens, hallucinations, I mean. They're things that people see, hear, feel that are not real. And uh, so delusions are just another form of psychosis. Mm -hmm. So those are the two main areas that define what are called psychosis. And you have worked in helping people with these yes. aberrations? Yes, yes. I, I've been working in this field for 45 years. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, and I work with schizophrenics. I work with people that have bipolar disorders. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, not everybody that has bipolar disorder has delusions or psychosis or has hallucinations. So with a lot of these mental health conditions, there's different degrees of it. And you can have major depression with psychotic features. So people, some people get so depressed that they start hearing things, seeing things, really? or believing things that so, are true. So actually, the depression can take them into another world of their reality of hearing things? It can take, the, yes, it's, it's distorted perceptions. And mm -hmm. in these, these disorders, it's, it's neurochemically related. Mm -hmm. So there are certain functions in the brain that are either overproducing uh, certain chemicals, like dopamine would be an example, Therefore, they start experiencing things that are outside the norm. Mm -hmm. And uh, to them, they're very real. The things they see, they believe to be there. Uh, the things that they believe, uh, paranoia would be another example of a delusion where somebody might think that people are out to get them. 
and they would provide you with all the evidence that somebody's following them, that the CIA has their phones tapped, mm -hmm. and all these kind of things. And then you have another type of delusion, which is called a grandiosity, or even what we call religiosity. Mm -hmm. So in these cases, people believe themselves to be somebody uh, of higher stature. Uh, they could see themselves as being God or, yeah. or Jesus or, or some other figure, uh, historical figure. Well, certainly uh, in our work, you know, in the pastoral work, run into people who mm -hmm. are that way, who present themselves uh, in this way as being a very special messianic apparition or messiah themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have these types of things, but frankly, we're not prepared to treat or help that way. And, and, and as you speak, have you had success in being able to rehabilitate people? Well, as I mentioned, uh, these type of individuals are usually um, experiencing this as a result of some brain dysfunction, mm -hmm. neurochemical function in their brain. Could be inherited. It could be, uh, it could be produced by certain drug usage. There are certain drugs that can cause delusions. Um, obviously, stopping doing drugs like meth and hallucinogens, like LSD and some of those things, can eliminate uh, those experiences. Uh, for the mentally ill, there are uh, medications that can help the visual hallucinations to go away to a great extent and also some of the delusions to go away. Now, fixed delusions we find in the mental health field are much harder to dislodge from the person's mind. The medicines don't seem to have as much of an effect on those type of delusions as some of the other forms of psychosis. Mm -hmm. so, so the hallucinations are more easily treated than delusions. But yes, they can be uh, impacted somewhat. And uh, but But... In all the years that I've been working, trying to talk someone who is having a delusion out of that delusion is almost impossible mm -hmm. because they believe it to be absolutely true and they can give you an array of, of um, evidence from their point of view that proves that what they're thinking, perceiving is real in their own mind. Well, one thing that we have seen with the COVID pandemic is that we have had people who have lined up behind conspiracy theories. And this is one area that has been very difficult for me. I worked with the pandemic for two or three years mm -hmm. and worked sort of, I'm not sure if I was in the middle of it because I don't want to say I was taking sides. I was trying to be helpful in the mm -hmm. whole process. But I worked with professionals, with doctors mm -hmm. that had experience and many, many, they, they were very competent in what they did. And then we had people who really had very little mm -hmm. training, but all of a sudden became experts on vaccines, reading an article on, on the internet, whatever, hearing others, seeing videos that appeared to be very, very convincing. In fact, frankly, I, I looked at some of the videos and <laughs> they sound convincing. Here's a doctor and she's this, that, and everything else. And she's commenting about you know, vaccines in, in a way that makes it sound very, very credible. But then as you dig deeper and you find out some of that, you find out that it's quite deceptive, or it's not all that was, that was made out to be. Yes, uh, that I also started noticing, mm -hmm. and I think that's why I wanted to take a little bit of time and, and talk about this topic, because I'm concerned about people being pulled into some of these, these ideas, these conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, you take a group like uh, QAnon, for example, has over a, a million and a half followers. And some of their, their beliefs are quite extraordinary in terms of sacrificing babies and all kinds mm -hmm. of other things that they believe the government is doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I've even had, had people very close to me, friends, make predictions based on what QAnon said. And I would say, okay, well, let's let's see if that happens tomorrow or the next day. And of course, it didn't happen, but mm -hmm. but they were f firmly believed in it. When you start feeding your mind information that is based on your own fears, your own uh, biases, uh, prejudices, feeling out of control, you know, feeling like the world around you is is just kind of going crazy. You know, you can't make any sense out of it. And then all of a sudden there are sources of information that try to give you an explanation of what's going on. And they can be quite convincing. Well, Roy, I know that this can be very troublesome in environments such as a church. Yeah, I had a, I had a friend not too long ago talk to me about a situation in Ukraine, for example, where he was trying to convince me that that the United States was producing biological weapons to be used, and that's why the Russians were really upset about it. Mm. So I, I didn't say too much about it. You know, sometimes I just listen. I sort of Googled it. I asked questions, and I found several sources that basically said this is not true. Mm -hmm. but, but clearly somebody put it out there as truth. And mm -hmm. I do believe, and I'm not being paranoid myself here, that sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes the governments that are opposed to us put out information to try to sway our, our society in, in particular directions. So that can be one source of it. Um, it can be people who have particular ideas around race. Um, you know, we have white supremacy groups. They attract a certain group of people and they adhere to a certain type of belief system. Um, you have people who believe in global warming, others who don't, you know, mm -hmm. people try to, to prove, you know, that, that this has been going on and we're just in another cycle, but yet, you know, you can see the evidence of it and it's, mm -hmm. it's the evidence outweighs conspiracy or the lack of knowledge. I, I had my first immersion in, into conspiracy things mm -hmm. when I was 19 years old. I want to tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> because this is before the internet. This is before, you know, you could send videos across the whole world and send mm -hmm. it out to your, your Facebook group. But it was at a time when I grew up in an environment that was negative towards Jews. Not, mm -hmm. not my parents. My father worked very well with Jews. He, he was a carpenter. He remodeled a lot of homes for very wealthy Jews. And they, they became friends. But there was one... Uh, article that was passed around in the Ukrainian language and it was called the protocol of the Zionists mm -hmm. and it was a big it was a, it was just very very frightening to, to mm -hmm. us as young people to see that it was in first of all it was in print in other words it had to be true mm -hmm. <laughs> now it's on the internet but it was in print it was a protocol of the Zionists and it was a step-by-step -step plan of the Zionists to rule the world I remember that I had this thing, and it was very, very believable mm -hmm. from what was around. I went to Ambassador College then that fall, and, and I was <clears throat> traveling in the Soviet Union with Dr. Hay at the time, and I thought he would be a rec he, he would be a reputable source to question, you know, about this. If he had heard anything of that, 
and what it was. Because I honestly, truly thought that there might be something to it because it was written so cleverly. And I remember us sitting there one time and I told him about it. It was all written in Ukrainian, so I had to tell him what it said. And he said, he said, I certainly have heard of that. So this was written by the Germans in World War II, uh, by the Nazis, to really disparage the Jews. And they sent out this type of propaganda, this type of misinformation, this type of conspiracy stuff. And then he said, there is a conspiracy. There is a conspiracy. And this is kind of what's cured me for over the years. It's a conspiracy of Satan the devil. I mean, he is the one who is really mm -hmm. the father of all conspiracies. So when I hear people who get embroiled in one issue, whether it be vaccines or nations or rich families in Europe, the Rothschilds, I mean, all that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I say their stories are confusing and conflicting, that there is the great confuser and great deceiver who is the father of it all. So that's kind of cured me. So a lot of things that I hear, I say, yeah, sure, it sounds good but it was planned, mm -hmm. it was intended to deceive, it was intended to really hurt. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel the same way as far as what, it, what is the source of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if, you, if you think about the Bible, for example, if you want to go back to the first conspiracy theory, it was probably in the Garden of Eden, you know, mm -hmm. where, where Satan, you know, tried to, well, did convince Adam and Eve that they wouldn't die number one, uh, that they would live forever. So there you began to have the theory of the immortality of, of the soul or the, mm. or the species, whatever you want to call it. So yes, he, he uses the same blueprint over and over again. And, and, and a lot of it is about, about division and about uh, enslaving people against one another with wrong ideas or beliefs. Um, so there's actually a term... Uh, that is used for this. And it's, it's kind of a, called a mass delusion. So mm -hmm. it's groups of people can buy into the same idea and, uh, and it's just as destructive to the individual and to others as something like a chemical induced, whether brain chemistry wise or substance wise, they can cause people's behavior to be extreme. And I think a good example of that were the beliefs around uh, the last election and how, you know, people were motivated and in, inspired to, you know, attack the government because they believed that the election had been rigged, rigged and that uh, they had to overthrow the people that were in there. And, you know, these some of these people were you know, decent people, you know, who were misguided because they believed something they thought they were being patriots when in fact they were being the opposite and trying to overthrow the government. And you're seeing some of this in other countries as well. So this is a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just happening in the United States that there are ideas and beliefs that are motivating people towards violence, towards division and, uh, I think Satan's ultimate goal is to destroy the human race. And if it weren't for the fact that Jesus Christ is going to come back and stop all that, it, it probably could happen. But fortunately, we have a superpower that uh, is greater than, than Satan and his, his army. Again, it's, it's difficult to convince people once they've bought into a belief system that what they're, what they're thinking and believing and their actions are are not in the best interest of themselves or others. 
Um, it's hard to convince somebody of the truth when they've already accepted the lie. So it's, I, I think it's generating just a lot of violence that I think is just going to continue. I mean, even what's going on between Russia and Ukraine, you know, Russia has its own way of, you know, communicating its beliefs about the Ukrainians, about about the West and, and some of these things. Now, how much of it is just lies or how much of it is things that they really believe? I think it's probably a combination of both. Mm-hmm. You know, Carl Jung, who's one of my favorite psychologists, he is more of a spiritual kind of a psychologist. He he made a statement that he believed that our society's demise wouldn't be from a physical threat, but instead by a mass delusion or a collective psychosis of sorts. And again, Nazism was a good example of that. Probably before long, there'll be some other groups that form that will take on you know, certain beliefs that will motivate them to do things towards governments or whatever. Uh, in his book called Weapons of Mass Destruction, How the Republican Party Lost Its Mind, Robert Draper discusses how the GOP has become a host body for some of the most radical voices in America. And again, understand I'm not political one side or the other. He wrote the book. He has a basis for what he wrote. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some might say, well, maybe he's delusional. Uh, He contends that they spread uh, misinformation uh, that a group of discontent believers adopt uh, and that this feels their fear and their sense of lost control in their lives. This becomes their reality. What may start off as just an idea to pull people a certain direction, it's almost like after a while they start to believe it and it and begins to take on a life of its own. Another individual by the name of Dr. Mark McDonald has written a book entitled United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to a Mass Delusional Psychosis. And he references things in the past, such as the Salem witch hunts that took place in Europe, I think back in the, maybe the 1600s or so. And there are other other examples that he gives in his book. So this phenomenon has been going on for a very long time. And I do believe, you know, since Satan's time is very short, I think we're going to see more and more of this. So I wanted to talk about the subject to kind of give people a, a bit of a heads up, a warning, and to be very careful about the things that they allow their minds to tap into. And where, and where it will lead. Uh, Roy, you were talking about uh, Ukraine there a little bit about mm-hmm. two sides of an issue mm-hmm. of an issue mm-hmm. and what side to believe. I have family that lives in eastern Ukraine. I have family that lives in western Ukraine. The western Ukraine are the ones that believe the way, you know, we mm-hmm. do the Russia is attacking and mm-hmm. and all. The ones some of my relatives way far east in the Donetsk area mm-hmm. have basically told us what you've been hearing is fake news. I mean that that's that's ex- ex- actually what they do. fake news. You know, this is the way that they that they pronounce it. You know, in Russian, that that is not the way it is. You know, and they are allying with the Russian side, which is very very sad to see that mm-hmm. type of division take place with people who really stre- feel very very strongly about their position. And I look upon people who get really behind a certain point and they hammer it away. And I look upon not only what they're saying, but the effect it has on friendships, on relationships, even our faith. Yeah, I I think it it does have the effect of causing people to disconnect from each other in a positive relational manner. 
and uh, you know it does it does produce uh, hatred and violence and and uh, just a disconnect among among human beings. The source of a lot of this seems to be the internet. I think you can probably tap into just about anything you want to in terms of ideas. I think people are are looking for answers. You know, it's just like. Uh, a lot of information going on about aliens nowadays and, and our, where we came from in terms of uh, our, our creation and how we came from outer space and some of these things. And um, so I think people are, are searching for, for the truth. And, and it seems to be almost like a, those people are not looking at the true source of, of knowledge and truth, which is, of course, the Bible, as we believe. And it's with uh, people would stay closer to that, then then some of these things wouldn't affect them. But if but if you try to mix the two together, try to mix in truth with non-truth, you know sometimes you can get confused and start developing beliefs and things that aren't really biblically based. Mm -hmm. So these these sources we have to be very careful about because they uh, can lead us in the wrong direction. Now there's a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Tim Jennings who has a website, um, and, it, and he refers to it as Come and Reason Ministries. He's identified four factors that he believes contributes to mass delusional thinking. Uh, number one, he feels that loneliness and, and social disconnection. So again, when people feel like they're, they're not connected, they're looking for something to believe in, and so they are vulnerable to these kind of ideas. Secondly, he says a loss of purpose or meaning in life also uh, gives rise to people being attracted to things that produce a lot of um, emotion, produce false hope, and uh, give them a skewed view of, of reality. And number three, a general sense of unremitting and nonspecific anxiety, fear, uneasiness, and worry. Mm -hmm. And I think when we go back to the pandemic, I mean, some of these things have always been there. You know, I think time periods like the Great Depression or any time when there have been uh, things going on worldwide, I think some of these feelings increase. And I think susceptibility to different ideas to explain what's going on and people attach themselves to it because it might tap into some prejudice they may have. It may tap into some need to feel connected to something or, or if they don't have a strong belief as a Christian might, then they might be more susceptible to trying to explain the world around them through some of these means. And also, if I could just sure. interrupt at one point, and maybe it doesn't fit here, but a lot of people, I, I feel, get involved in some of this type of uh, trap thinking. They Once they kind of know the jargon of it, they feel important. Mm -hmm. And they have maybe been overlooked, mm -hmm. and nobody paid attention to them, they didn't get the degree, they, you know, Mm -hmm. A lot of times I find people who are specialists in the calendar are mm -hmm. not necessarily people who have been trained in the discipline of studies. Mm -hmm. They have enough to kind of sound good, mm -hmm. but not really fully. And so once they seem to be the ones to whom it's been revealed, is sometimes mm -hmm. a term that's used, mm -hmm. that they have had this revealed to them, they feel important, they feel there's a special relationship with God, and also, therefore, a special relationship with their peers. Right, yeah, it's... Uh... People who may have a, a poor sense of identity or disempowerment, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and and this gives them something, as you alluded to, a sense of uh, 
power and, and, and specialness mm -hmm. and makes them feel better about who they are because they have this special knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's absolutely true. And, and the fourth thing he identified is uh, anger and frustrations, which, you know, again, fits right into what we're talking about. People are, are angry maybe because of their economic condition. Uh, maybe they're angry about their quality of life is, is, is not as what they want it to be. And so they look for some group who might be angry also about their, you know, their situation. And, and there's a tendency to want to blame others for what one is experiencing in life, you know, the negative impact, whether it's a political party or, or, or what it might be. You know, they want to blame, you know, someone for their misfortune or their status or or whatever might might be affecting them in a negative way so he he, he lists uh, dr jennings lists uh, four recommendations to counter these conditions and they are as follows uh, you know thinking for yourself uh and keeping and asking questions of others so i think being able to analyze what what is being said i mean some of it is so extreme that rational thinking alone should help you determine whether something's real or not. But even like watching one particular news station that may have an extreme viewpoint, if that's all you're hearing, and that all of a sudden starts creating a particular mindset and you start seeing the world through that lens and everything in reality begins to be justification for or a proof of that 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 belief is is correct. So analyzing things like I use the example of the friend that talked about the biological weaponry being done by the United States in Ukraine. When I looked at several sources and I looked at about four or five different news articles and and sources that basically said no, this is not this is not true. But that was again, the Russians wanted a justification for going in there. And, and, and doing some of what they did. And certainly they had more than that justification, but that was just one that this particular person had, had wrapped himself around. Mm -hmm. but, but, but there's ways you can get information. You know, they call it fact-checking. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can check the facts and see, you know, just, just be careful that you're, you're not just listening to one source of information because some of them are, are quite skewed. He also talks about, you know, not remaining silent. So, you know, sometimes it's important to speak up, to, to give that contrary point of view about, about reality and, and why you believe what you believe. And I think as Christians, you know, we go back to the Bible and what Christ said and what God the Father said through the scriptures. And to me, that's the best fact check we have. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of things in reality that you can check out by just going to God's word. Well, you said that uh, we shouldn't remain silent. Where would you voice, what kind of forum would you voice your opposition or concern? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, depending on, on, on the setting, of course, if you're among friends, I mean, it's probably important to, to share a different perspective and why you, you know, why you believe the way you do without becoming argumentative or necessarily disrespecting the person to say, you know, these, these are my thoughts about that. This is, you know, what I've found out about this subject. So you have that kind of forum. Uh, you have conversations in families. The key thing is not mm -hmm. to be divisive, you know, not to, you know, suggest to them that they, 
they take a look at some other sources of of the information have they have they checked out other avenues of information about the topic to find out whether other sources support that or don't support that i think that's basically how you help people hopefully open their minds a little bit and not be too locked into one one belief system he also talks about uh you know, when you're talking about some of these emotional states that he that he referred to, things like anxiety, uh, loneliness, and a sense of meaninglessness, to basically look for solutions to those problems, you know, try to find things that will help overcome anxiety. And the Bible has lots to say about that. Um, if you're somebody that's lonely and isolated, reach out to people, find things that you can do to connect with people, volunteer work, become part of a faith community, talk to your neighbors, try to not become so isolated that, you know, you're you're subject to being influenced by ideas that are isolated ideas on a particular topic that you may be, you know, looking into or that you've kind of found a website that's really talking about something that's tantalizing to you or that supports your own fears about about reality. <laughs> no, my the lady who does my hair, you know, who's our bar, my barber, <laughs> she has a sign, or she had it uh, more during the COVID times. No politics, please. I mean, yeah. there's no discussions here between. Other, she says I have to hear this stuff all day long. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I hear the topics I do not want to hear spoken in this yes. barber shop. Yes. Well, I had I had a I had a similar experience visiting uh, friends one time, and uh, somebody brought up something about uh, a particular perspective I, I didn't agree with. And I think uh, I, all I said was, I'd rather not talk about that. I happened to be on the other end of that, that discussion. And, and the host uh, basically said, you know, let's not, let's not get into those issues. So there are certain situations in which it's probably not good to, to air those things. You know, anything that's divisive. I mean, if people are open-minded and want to hear your point of view, that's great. If if all they want to do is argue with you about it, and you know that's not a, a good conversation to have. Well, some people just like to argue. They they, oh. they like to uh, they have their dukes up. Uh, <laughs> they like to start a fight, pick a fight as quickly as they possibly can. Oh, yeah. And to me, to them, that's their enjoyment. Yeah. With other people like myself, I want to keep it as peaceful as possible. I don't want to get into that stuff. Yes, I I'm, I tend to be more that way, and I, I find I find it's very interesting. The different settings that that you find yourself in, and I know you uh, are with the Rotary Club, and that's that's mm -hmm. a particular group of people, and they they view the world in a particular way. Um, I have my my work people that I work with who tend to be more, I would say, more in the liberal way of thinking because mm -hmm. we're all social workers and counselors, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so you know we're, we're pretty accepting of of all kinds of different lifestyles and things. So, and then there's my church family. Uh, which tends to be very conservative mm -hmm. on, uh, around certain issues, you know. So, I I don't necessarily talk about all my views at work because they're contrary to to that culture's belief systems. And I would say things like uh, homosexuality, transgender stuff, and all that. That's tends to be what that culture tends to support those things. Mm -hmm. But from a spiritual standpoint, again, I look at the Bible and see what the Bible says about it. And that helps me figure out where the truth lies. And so I choose not to talk about those issues over here, over here, where people might be more on the right wing side of things, trying to get into a conversation about politics or global warming or, or any of some of these other topics. 
just going to meet with a lot of resistance and the relationships are too important to me mm-hmm. to, to have anything come up that's going to create conflict or distance or division. So I just avoid certain topics with certain people. Person who's open-minded and wants to have a, have a conversation about it and we, and we can have kind of present our both points of view and still love, love each other in the end, that's, that's an okay conversation to have with certain people. Certain people you can't have certain conversations with. <laughs> So and then the and then the last thing, which I I would agree um, with Mr. Jennings on this, he says practice the methods of God. So so what does that mean? Well, basically means being Christ-like, you know. And and you know Christ talked to all kinds of people, and he talked to all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. You know, he's probably in the town square where you know maybe they were having a conversation about. Uh, the law or something, you know, so the tax collector, the lady at the well. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, but you know, he, he, he was able to have those conversations and, and present the truth. And because of the way he presented it and the way he talked about it and the non-condemning in, in, in an overall sense, I mean, you know, if it was wrong, mm. it was wrong. And he pointed it out, but he didn't do it in a way that says, you know, you're less than me. Mm-hmm. even though we all are, but you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he created an environment, a conversation where people were free to speak what they were wanted to say, and he you know, was able to convey the truth to them. So, um, so I think we're going to be received better if we have that attitude or approach to people, you know, that we're non-judgmental, that we're, that we're not, uh, we don't put them down, we're not better than them. But if, but if people want to have a conversation about important issues, you know, to be able to hear what they have to say and present our point of view. And, and you know, I think people will take you more seriously if, if you're more God-centered that way. Roy, it's been just wonderful talking to you about all the points that you brought out, that you brought out mostly from secular authors, which has been very, very helpful as part of your work. And you have also some things that you ought to say about what the Bible has to say on these points, which is also very important. I think we'll save that for part two. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll look forward to that. Okay. Because that's we'll, the really good stuff. That's <laughs> the good stuff. So we want to tell you who are listening here, be looking for part two of this discussion. Thank you, Roy, for right. joining us today. You're welcome. My pleasure. We thank you, our listeners, for joining us here today for the Cubic Report. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Podbean, which includes information about this podcast, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Pocketcaster, and other podcasting platforms. You can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at vcubic at gmail.com, v-k-u-b-i-k at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.